You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. What you got there, Mickey? I have a tire pressure gauge, Bob. Uh, it actually looks like a tire, I guess. Uh, I that's know. part of the it's, appeal. It's, it's got it's, a little rubber tire around the gauge. There's some fancy Greek word for this. Um, I've been on a road trip, Bob. Is that I've right? Been, I've been out discovering the heart of America, and I have a road trip report. And what is that report? Well, there's several items. Uh, the the uh, one I uh, the most interesting, not the most interesting, but one item is I I have to listen to the radio all the time because I'm such a so inept technically that I couldn't get my iPhone to listen to Clubhouse while I was traveling across the desert. So I listened to a lot of local radio and I realized how awful t- political talk radio, especially right wing political talk radio is. Isn't, isn't right wing the only kind there is on the radio? Well, that's a good question. It's certainly the only kind I heard, but you know, uh, there are different varieties of right wing, but it's, 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 uh, Either they're imitating Rush Limbaugh or they're doing what they told me to do when I tried out for talk radio, which is why I failed, which is they they just they're trying to imitate Tucker Carlson. They always begin with a 10 minute rant that's sort mm-hmm. of exactly the same, relying on basically the same facts where they try to get as angry as possible. And uh it's just it just becomes mind-numbing after a while. I mean, I think I discovered one new fact listening to about 20 right-wing talk radios. The worst is Mark Levin, who just screams his head off. Uh, I don't suppose you remember the fact. That could be valuable. The fact was uh, how stupid Kamala, Kamala Harris's attempt to, to, to describe what, what she was doing to deal with root causes was. She She convened a Zoom meeting of commerce officials, Bob, That'll stop. What root causes of illegal immigration or what? Of 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 the migrant surge, yes. Um it uh anyway, that was the fact. It also um so there's 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 something that's gotten much worse. I I, I don't know if it's the result of Tucker or Rush Limbaugh's op- opening up and everybody sort of auditioning for that or But by the way, before we proceed like, before we proceed, did you see Tucker's uh, famous little freak out when he was interviewing the cop who refused to tow the party line about uh Chauvin? No, I didn't. No, uh, it, was, it was good. But it was good. But what 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 did what did the cop say? Well, I, I think uh, Tucker must have been expecting him to, you know, cast more doubt on the verdict or something. But at some point, he just started complaining that police aren't doing a good enough job, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, it, it was just weird. You had to see it. And he, and he unleashed this bizarro giggle uh, that uh, became famous while you were driving across oh, the country. I'm sure you can do his shocked face. Uh, well, his whole, I mean, his shocked face is like uh, 70%. I mean, when he's really shocked, he doesn't do it. This is, that's interesting, <laughs> actually, because he was shocked that this guy didn't comply and he didn't have uh, the shocked face. No. Anyway, listen listen to the eight-minute rants of Mark Levin and, and everybody on talk radio, and you realize how good Tucker is, because Tucker's monologues are worth listening to 
And these all these other monologues were were basically worth. They are well crafted. I give him that much. Not not uh, to a constructive end. I might argue, I'm, but they are well crafted. I think they're they're better than Limbaugh's because Limbaugh always hid the ball. Right? He made you made you listen to well, three hours. It's been worth. so long since we heard Limbaugh in his prime, or Limbaugh at all. Come to think of it, I heard but, Limbaugh in his prime. But um, yeah, but yeah, but you, memory is reconstructed. You know, we don't we don't. Anyway, so what's what's item I, number two? I didn't two? like it then. And and the uh, the the best. The best highlight of that of the talk radio was they had callers call in, and uh, the National Guard is organizing eight man teams to come get your guns. Like this people was, believe that. Well, one guy did. Yeah, he had a, a, a source. So even even the host didn't quite believe that. Are they going to vaccinate you while they're taking your guns? <laughs> they're going to implant the chip. They should save save taxpayers money. Yeah, absolutely, three in one. Um, the other thing is. Uh, there, there's a lot of ads for jobs. So there's help wanted. The help wanted sign is out. Uh, uh, that's Doesn't this of, weaken your argument against uh, loose immigration policy? Uh, I can't believe it well, looks no, like this because, is the first time because, you're considering this no, question. Because, well, no, because the uh, they're offering bo- signing bonuses. We They're raising wages. They're doing all the things that you do in a tight labor market. That's good. So it's proof that uh, a tight labor market works. Plus, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait! I thought you said there, there are just tons of jobs. They're like ad. They're saying, please, we need workers. Right, and all the workers are sitting on and the. And you're saying that's collect- a sign of a tight labor market. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because- good. But 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 a tight labor market uh, should lessen your concerns about the impact of uh, immigration, right? Well, right. I mean, that will loosen the. Right now, they're waging raises. <laughs> Raising wages when they when, when once all the uh, millions of migrants from Central America come here, they will stop raising wages. Yes, so it'll be hard. So for these Americans ads to foreshadow a, a day when your argument will be strong again. The argument is re- <laughs> the argument is not that strong now because a lot of workers are sitting on the sidelines collecting unemployment benefits, which end in September. Oh, you think that's the culprit? And well, no, that's another factor that, that that leads you to think this might not be permanent. This is no time to let in two million immigrants. So we want wages to rise. So this is the process by which wages rise. Uh, but the At point, which point is, your the, argument the the, the will point be is the point is employers want workers now. So that I, we make of it what you will. That's good. I think that's, we should pause uh, to encourage uh, people uh, from countries to our south to come. Help out? Do you yeah. agree? <laughs> no, I don't think I agree. Oh. The um, the uh, we'll get to that. The uh, the other the other thing you learn from the ads is that timeshares must have been the worst thing ever, because the other half of the ads are law firms will get you out of your timeshare. Aren't timeshares kind of obsolete? Uh, That's what I of- thought, but apparently they're a scourge on the land. Uh, to judge from this. Uh, uh, well, maybe it's people want out of them, um, you know, because they are obsolete. Because it's so, it's possible. Uh, but they, they, you think there'd be a diminishing number anyway? It's uh, maybe they're maybe they're ripping off the people that still have them as much as they can. I have a I have an uh, I had a real estate epiphany. I visited a friend. I visited a friend in Connecticut who had a beautiful house. 
on like acres of beautiful land. Pandemic's been very good for real estate uh, value in, in Connecticut. In a, right, good point. But in, it's in a rich part of Connecticut, not the richest part, but you know, there's rich people around. And he gave me a price for the house, and it was one fifth of the price that that property would bring in Los Angeles, even with the appreciation. Yeah, New York not- real estate is dramatically cheaper than California real estate. Yeah, but are you imagining it being as far away from Los Angeles as that house is from New York? Well, A, Is is this Fairfield County? This is like an out. Where is this? It's an hour train right out. Well, there you go. But, but, I mean, if you want to go downtown in L.A., it's an hour away from everything. Uh, But nobody does uh, want to go downtown in L.A. (laughs) And a lot of the houses where that, that would cost five times as much are an hour away from... Most places of employment okay. or 45 So what do you minutes. conclude? That, and, that And even even renters can't move out of New York because to California because rents in L.A. are so high. It just flipped. It used to be that New York was the most expensive place in the country. Well, no. Uh, I mean, people, Northern California took that People were, people were forced, forced to leave, live there. And now no. California is the most expensive well, place in the country. Well, but it's long. It's an old story that Silicon Valley and San Francisco, that that area was a hot market. And yeah, I but, think that's cooled off a little during the pandemic, but at least San Francisco per se, right? I'm t- I am i don't know, but I'm, I'm talking L.A. And L.A. was always like a, a cheap place with a lot of land. And, you know, you could always find some some crappy apartment out in the suburbs. And uh, that's... Uh, Becoming less and less true. It's How much is change. your house worth? You don't have to answer that. You can answer it in the, uh, as we say, in the parrot room. I'm not now, even answering. So have it in you the covered? Room. This is your third item. It's worth too much. It's I don't know. It's third or fourth. I have a, I have I have uh, a couple more. Okay. Incredible numbers of podcasts. I was listening to. Uh, oh please, that's a painful subject. I don't want. That's, I was listening to iHeartRadio, which I think used to be Clear Channel, the biggest radio network in the country. They have nothing but podcasts. Every host is advertising his podcast. I can't believe it's anybody distressing. listens. To, it's distressing. I can't believe anybody listens to them or that uh, iHeartRadio is going to make this a lot of money. This is bad news for us, you realize, because some of these people have even bigger promotional budgets than we have. Right, but they don't have our uh, talent. Dig- I realize our, that they don't have our charm. There's a lot of things they don't. They don't have. digress. They don't digress and talk. They don't have our charming, digressive quality. Right. Right. Um, and they'll never will because uh, they don't want to. I learned that right wingers sort of have a grudging am- admiration for Tony Blinken because of the tough things he said about China. Well, of course they do. OK, well, he's a borderline neocon. They these love things him. are all these things are all new to me. Um, and the most Although troubling- I will say there there is progress reported on the Iran talk. So if that keeps up, I will uh, say fewer unfavorable things about him per hour than I am now. Yeah. Uh, Tesla is adver- already advertising its solar panels for houses. Hey, I can top I, that. Elon Musk gets to build uh, NASA's next lunar lander. SpaceX got the contract for that. Right, but it, that that I still don't believe that any astronauts are brave enough to go up in a SpaceX rocket, but they did yesterday, I think. Well, not uh, only that, they're going to descend to the surface of the moon. I mean, would you... Would you use an Elon Musk vehicle to descend to the surface of the moon? I wouldn't use an Elon Musk vehicle to, to, to yeah, I would use an Elon Musk vehicle to go around the block. But no, I. but they're brave. Well, you shouldn't do what these people in Houston may have done. You read about this crash of a Tesla? The police say nobody was in the driver's seat. I they, don't quite understand what went on because Musk says that uh, 
the NAV system couldn't have been on. Musk says the uh, that so far, quote, or some some hedge phrase like that, their their uh, data doesn't indicate that the autopilot uh. system was engaged. Uh, the police say they're sure they're, the, the, the guy was in the passenger seat and another guy was in the back seat. Now, it could be that the guy, the driver survived and then scrambled because he couldn't get out the left door, got out the right. right door. And you know why he scrambled? The world's longest fire. You know how long it takes to put out a fire when there's one of those Tesla batteries involved? I, it was four hours. I four think. hours. Yeah. Um, the... Uh I wonder if that applies to the cheap Chevy Volt that I was going to. I'm sure it's the same basic. Aren't they all whatever lithium ion? I think they're all lithium. Yeah. Um, The, uh, uh, but 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 I mean, astronauts flew into space on a Musk rocket yesterday, so they're up there. (laughs) No, I mean, look, uh, he's uh, he's he's kicking Jeff Bezos's butt, which may be why. You know, the other just quickly, Jeff Bezos, you know, announced his retirement. I think he's going to focus on space. And go mano a mano with uh, Elon on this space thing. Really? I didn't realize that. He's going to be chairman of the board still, but he's stepping down as CEO. And, uh, you know, Blue Origin, that's his passion. Oh, Blue Origin. Ah. Um, uh, I, 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 is that, that was like news today? No, no. Uh, yeah. it's, I think it was, a, in fact, I think it was uh, at least a week old. Yeah. But I just meant it's interesting if local country music radio stations are advertising solar panels that implies that solar panels are penetrating to the normal uh, folk of America who don't have all that much money. And it's a good thing because it may be uh, assuming solar panels are a good thing, which they may or may not be, but they probably are. Your man, Joe Biden, has committed to ambitious new carbon emissions goals, right? You saw that. This is all part of the plan. Yeah. Well, well, you know, really, really pretty ambitious. I don't remember the numbers, but. Um, well, when I buy my electric car, that'll seal the deal. You can uh, do that? Really? I don't quite have enough money now, but... Uh, oh, right. You're living in a, like, $37 billion house. We're talking about liquidity, Bob. Rent out that... pat. I can see the patio. Rent that out. <laughs> yeah, no, you can put a family of four out there. Timeshare. The timeshare and then the NFT, and I'll be cooking with gas. Um, the, uh... Um... Uh, Navajo Country Radio, I hadn't realized, existed. You go mm. through Navajo Country and there are these guys talking Navajo language, which isn't all that different from European languages. It's It doesn't sound... I thought it was Hungarian or Serbian or something. It's like... Yeah, but it, it, can't, it, it can't be closely related to them. Well, that's the mystery. I mean, there are no clicks. There are no weird... It's, it's, to- not, it's not in the mm. Indo-European family, I assure you. Okay, but it, it just... It sounds like somebody speaking some Eastern European language that you don't. And now, then they play that, these. Is that the language they used to to do code during World War II? I don't know. I think I assume I think, so. But, I think maybe it was. But they they may have had a special code that was a different language. I don't know. What do I know? It was. They there were Navajo code talkers. But okay, that's what I, I, okay, I don't know. right. So it was Navajo the code yeah, talkers, and I the question know. is whether they just used their native language in that battle. Or, or the whether they have a special drum code that. I don't know. The answer right. is I don't know. Maybe but it was Navajo are... plus Pig Latin. That 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 just right. was too um, much for the Germans. Uh, the and then they play country songs, which are old classic country songs. By far the best country songs I heard all trip. Wait, now this is a newsflash. You're saying that in Middle America they play country music, Mickey? Um, 
However much we're paying you to be our middle American correspondent, it's but, not enough. But with you research the, like that, thank you. Missed you. The, you missed the nuance, Bob. I'm drinking from a Megan nuanced Dom. AF. Nuanced. Oh, is that Megan Dom's uh, branded uh, this thing? Is a, this is a Megan Dom mug uh-huh. for her unspeakable podcast. Is she going to reciprocate with a um, plug for us? Do we know? I don't know. Have you arranged I, this? Is this part of a co-branding, co-marketing thing? I had a cup of coffee with her, but we did not. Uh, there were only preliminary negotiations. I don't think we sealed a, any sort of permanent pact. But you um, know, blogging she heads was a, a mug. She blogging a heads mug. was a big inspiration for her. Yeah. Sadly, now, not my own. Yeah, part. I of now it, understand but. what she means by nuanced. I always thought it was wimpy, but no, she she mean she means. There, there are only two lanes. You're either extreme right and extreme left, and if you have doubts about either one, you end mm. up roadkill in the middle. That's well, what we're, she refers we're nuanced to. AF. I mean, I am. Right. I'm not sure about you. We, I am nuanced AF. Right. No, you're too nuanced, according to some. Name names. Uh, people who think you should attack me harder think you're too nuanced. Are you related to any of those? Uh, it's possible. I'm related to a lot of people. Are you? Um Anyway, the most the weirdest thing I I learned driving across country was it was a station ninety I think it was ninety seven point one in Memphis a black station, and as their promotion, they were giving out fourteen hundred dollar checks sim- emulating the fourteen hundred dollar stimulus checks, uh, which I noticed was in my mailbox when I came home. Uh, nice to get in but, the mailbox of your thirty seven billion dollar home. Uh, UBI. Uh, UBI, you, oh right, the UBI um, principle, giving money to rich pampered right. elites like you. I'm told I'm not pampered. Uh, you should quit <laughs> taking your uh, guidance from whoever told you that. We'll get um, we'll get to that in the in the anyway, PR. Anyway, um, uh, the promotion was a guy talking about how I'm pretty sure how uh, it's 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 like he had a stimulus check and he had the social security number with somebody else's and he could cash it and get away with it, and haven't you ever had your hand caught in the cookie jar? And it was sort of he was considering whether to steal this person's stimulus check, and uh, ultimately he decided against it because of the bad karma and because he wouldn't want somebody to do it to him. Mm-hmm. But the mere idea that they were promoting to an audience that would even consider stealing somebody's check because that's sort of the ethics of the community uh, and you got to get paid you. somehow made me fear for the future of my country. But he it did was, reject ultimately the idea, He right? ultimately rejected it. So maybe it, he thinks, I do have an audience that includes people who consider things like this and I want to steer them right. Of course there are right, people who consider huge, things like this. It's a huge fucking station and if its audience is people who consider things like this, Underclass culture is still alive. Uh, That's quite a leap. There's still still things. There's still things to worry about, and uh, it was just troubling. I I listened to a lot of black radio. I never heard that before. Well, well, that that itself may be an interesting data point. Maybe this is an aberration, but it's certainly true that you know if people feel. alienated from a society or discriminated against by a society or whatever else, um, they're less likely uh, to, you know, uh, feel scruples about 
strictly well, complying well, with sure, the norms. Whatever the, whatever the root causes are, it's a bad I, I mean, thing. I, I mean, I, you know, I would say if you correct for, for income, this would probably largely disappear, I would imagine, you know. Uh, but... Uh, well, the question is if you... I don't know. The, the point of underclass culture is you, is you get a an isolated, sort of constrained group, and and if you looked at the larger group with the same income, you wouldn't find that. And that's but the is it is question. it is it your view that a kind of underclass culture is developing in Middle America? With uh, well, I think that I think I think that's probably true, but I don't know. I I mean I I that was sort of the point of Charles Murray's coming apart. I don't think he got into, maybe he did morality. He got into like divorce rates and drug use and, but maybe he no, did. I, I think have that to was, reread it. I think uh, that but, was what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah. And the, and the impact, it seems to me, of this child allowance. I mean, if we're worried about people not going to work for $900 a month in, sorry, $1,200 a month in unemployment plus COBRA, the child allowance would give a parent of two six hundred dollars a month plus free Medicaid. So you you know it, we're worried about the work disincentive that that creates. The problem with that is that it would spread it to everybody. In other words, it wouldn't be right now. The uh, welfare is is pretty surprisingly concentrated in the minority communities. If you look at people who are on welfare at any one point in time, over a year it's mostly white people, but um uh. This spreads it, you know, this spreads it way beyond the ghetto. This spreads it to way beyond neighborhoods of, of concentrated poverty. It spreads it all across the country, and it basically puts the deplorables on the dole. And so, yes, the trouble is that a, a, a sort of an underclass culture, because, you know, it's not, deplorables are not con- confined to neighborhoods the way underclass people are, uh, it, it sort of spreads that, you know, to everybody and ex- dramatically expands it. That's why it's a bad thing. Uh, okay, so, yes. so we have My we have ask- gotten to both immigration and child care allowance. Uh, Got to run, folks. Um, um, so uh, any other discoveries on your... Uh, that was about it. That's a lot of stuff. Time well spent. Time well spent, Mickey. Uh, uh, thank you. Better than listening to Clubhouse. I still haven't done that. I'm an Android guy. I feel, you know. You, you have to listen to Richard Rushfield's Suck Room on Clubhouse, where they make fun of all the other people on Clubhouse. I'm not, I'm, it's a I'm good not time. sufficiently Clubhouse literate to, to get those jokes, Tr- I'm sure. Trust me, you'll get them. So what do you think of the Chauvin trial outcome? Uh, I don't really know enough. It seems, you know, I... I most of my information comes from reading Ann Coulter's columns, and her, she made a big point of, I think we talked about this before, how he would have been just, you know, he was the guy brought in because they couldn't control Floyd. There were a couple of short cops, and he is a Wait, who was brought guy. in? Chauvin? Chauvin, yeah. They they brought him in because the cops who were there couldn't get the guy under control. And so his job was to bring him under control, and... Yeah, but he wasn't, court- that's not like, it's not like a specialty, right? I mean, I assume that whichever car was closest came... I haven't the faintest idea. He was a third I, guy. I doubt they. I doubt they said, "Okay, bring in our subduing big black guys, cop." Well, he he's he's not even a big guy. Show he's not, not even a big, a big guy. guy. He's not a big guy. Uh, so anyway, but um, 
the prosecutor's own witness said he would have been justified using a taser or a stun gun on him, given his previous behavior, and that the, the knee-on-the-neck technique was a, a, a less uh, aggressive technique. Uh, so, Wait, the defense – who said that? The defense attorney said that? No, the prosecution's police witnesses. They called all these witnesses from the Minneapolis police force to show that even the cops were turning against Chauvin, but – a lot. Some of those witnesses gave testimony that was actually helpful to Chauvin, okay, uh, or should have been helpful. Anyway, that was one of them, uh, and uh, so you know, you know, I trust jurors to be conscientious, and even this alternate juror who was all, who was uh, interviewed, while she seemed to have somewhat simplistic views of. What went on was at least conscientious. I I, I uh, was kind of impressed by her actually. Did you watch the video? Her name's Christensen. I and you watch, know, I, I didn't watch the video. I identify with her. This happened to me. The one time I sat on a jury through a trial, it was a it was a high school stabbing in D.C. They told me at the end when I was ready to go and deliberate that I was the alternate. I was like totally pissed off. I, we had kind of bonded. It was a good group, and you don't even get to say goodbye to them. You just have to like walk yeah. out of the courtroom. Depressing. Anyway, she was they, um. I thought she was, you know, I thought she was thinking about it in a responsible way. Look, this these people are not legal scholars. They're, they're the average American. But I thought I, I, I was, you know, I, I actually thought I'd be I'd be happy to have uh, her on my jury. Uh, should I ever be uh, should the things I do ever be discovered? I she also said that um, she was reluctant to serve on the jury. One of the reasons she was not sure she wanted to serve on the jury was she didn't want a repeat of the riots and disturbances. And it wasn't she wasn't explaining why she reached a verdict because she didn't have to reach a verdict. And but uh, yes, although when it, you first it, it shows, retweeted this, you thought she correct. was. So you get credit, by the way. First of all, you get discredit for tweeting without reading. You tweeted that. Uh, thinking all, I, she, all, I, all I said was yikes. I figured yikes was applicable to whatever circumstance this right. uh, this court I've applied actually, to. But I was, at the time, was thinking, God, did a juror on the trial actually admit that they were worried about riots I mean, I'll read when, the they, quote. when they reached the verdict? And that wasn't I actually the have case. the quote. She said, uh, they said, did you want to be a juror? She said, uh, and that's the part, the context you weren't aware of when you retweeted it. She said, I had mixed feelings. There was a question on the questionnaire about it, and I put, I did not know. That part wasn't even in the thing you uh, retweeted, but she says... The well, reason yeah, no, you, had it, you had it with a second link. If you drill down, you had it. Right, sure. but you didn't do that. The reason at that time was... All I, did I not- said was, yikes, Bob. <laughs> but, but then you later, to your credit, let me read the damn thing. The reason <laughs> at that time, she says, was I did not know what the outcome was going to be, so I felt like either way you are going to disappoint one group or the other. I did not want to go through rioting and destruction again. And I was concerned about people coming to my house if they were not happy with the verdict. So she acknowledges that all that, when they she first thought about being a juror, went through mind. You tweeted it, uh, somebody's tweet about it. I think you were thinking she was saying that actually framed her 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 decision about the verdict. But then to your credit, you cut, you you tweeted again with the full context. Too often, people who initially tweet without reading fail to do that. I'm and giving you credit. That, if that wasn't enough, I tweeted again, admitting that when I tweeted the first time, I thought she was talking about her actual uh, 
thoughts on reaching a verdict. Right. But she did say what was on her mind, and it was still on her mind. And yep. Bob, as you know, it could have affected what you know later, uh, you know her later decision making. On the other hand, when I was called for a jury trial at at this courthouse near the airport, which only handles crime, so with no chance of getting called for a civil crime, and I was I was actually almost impaneled. I was worried that, you know, these are going to be gangbangers and they're going to know where I live. And if I decide to convict them, you know, I'm a paranoid. I, so the, every juror has thoughts like this. And it's not unusual but it, to worry about violence being done to you. On the other hand, it, it shows that the riots and were sort of a special circumstance in this case. The one thing I have to say about Maxine Waters uh well, first, if ever, there, if, if, ever there were, if, ever, if ever there was a case for pre-trial publicity prejudicing a jury, this is it. I mean, you can't – it's hard to imagine too many cases that are worse than this, certainly for a change of venue. So usually I think pre-trial publicity is a bullshit claim, you know, because what are you going to do? Jurors are conscientious and they try to make up their minds. But if ever there were a case where – it wasn't a bullshit claim. It's this one where they live in a city that's being burned down. Uh, on the other one, Maxine Waters said it was sort of similar to things that Trump has said, and I defended Trump when he said them. Trump was a little better. Well, what what did said, Maxine Waters say exactly? She sort of said, stay in the streets and amp up the confrontation. Oh. She, be confrontational. She did not say, do violence or Wait, they will pay. she said pay. that after the verdict or before? She arrived in town like during the end of the trial and, 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 and gave this talk. I mean, it was ridiculous. The timing was terrible. But, uh, but, but yet, but she, you know, I, you know, I still, I still don't blast her that much because I didn't blast Trump when he said similar things. On the other hand, Trump did say peacefully protest. She did, she left out the peacefully protest part, but, but she stopped short of calling for violence. Um, now she, as somebody pointed out, she's a smart lady. She knows to stop short of calling for violence, but she did stop short of calling for violence. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I think the opprobrium that's heaped on her is a little excessive, but, uh, there's still a pretty good case that they should have had a change of venue, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I just, I thought this is, Easily a solid manslaughter conviction. One thing I didn't, uh, I, when the jury first returned a well, verdict, they convicted so quickly, him of way more than manslaughter. I know, second and third yeah. murder, degree murder. But um, what I didn't realize until after the trial was that uh, neither of those requires a conscious intent to kill in Minnesota. Did you know that? No. What does it require? Reckless something or other? I, I forget the wording. The one that is the most dubious. In spite of that fact, I would say is second degree. Uh, this uh, this is pretty. Uh, I don't know whether uh, what the appropriate term is. What does casuistry mean? Do you know? Anyway, yeah. uh, the, the uh, it, it's. Um, I do know, but go ahead. The, the the way that apparently, as I understand, again, I didn't do a deep dive, but apparently, the second degree uh, murder is it doesn't have to be conscious if the killing happens during the commission of a crime and, it, and of course that's designed for like guy goes into a convenience store with a gun doesn't plan right. to kill the clerk maybe the clerk pulls a gun something happens he kills the clerk he didn't didn't want to uh, uh or a gun just goes off who knows but anyway their argument i think was that once he he 
he put his knee on his neck. He was assaulting him, which was a crime. And so the murder happened in the course of committing a crime. At least well, that's, that's that's insane. He was, <laughs> they, 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 they put a knee on the neck as a, as a means of subduing people. They do it to white people, too. I suspect that the defense attorney said something remarkably like what you just said, except except for the they do it to white people, too, thing. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I, look, I don't think they do this very often, Mickey. I, I, I would like to see a video of a guy lying on his stomach, handcuffed, and a cop has a knee on his neck. I, I, I'll bet you can't find me a picture. There, I've tweeted, it's weird. There, it's I've weird. tweeted montages of white people around the, the world being being done, had this done to them by police. In America, when they're handcuffed? Uh, I don't know where they were from. Well, that matters. <laughs> like, uh, if it, it's... It doesn't matter. They do teach this, I believe, So in, in police training. So it's not I like, thought there were police witnesses it wasn't like saying... Improvised. I thought there were police witnesses saying the opposite. That that I, One of them said, I didn't even know what you call this, because there's there's no official term for putting your knee on his neck, because we're not taught I, to do I, it. I, I don't know. If we paid attention to the trial, we would have a, a, a clearer we'd be in stronger idea. position. Um, um, but... If he, yeah. No, go ahead. Well, uh, one thought, it, it just, just, uh, I mean, in the aftermath, uh, I thought people were kind of a little uncharitable. It was like, uh, what is it that, like, Nancy Pelosi got, like, I grant you, her tweet was, did you see her tweet? No. It was, or not tweet, her remark. She said, so again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. Uh, and so on, people just really, uh, jumped on her. And it's like, you know, woman in her seventies is trying to say the right thing. And look, uh, when I saw that quote, I thought that's kind of weird, Nancy, but, but I just, the, the intensity of, I mean, the other thing was like a couple of people, uh, did some variation on, uh, I can't breathe like, David Axelrod said, tweeted, and look, uh, this this tweet kind of grosses me out just because it's such an obvious uh, melodramatic play for, I don't know, attempt to do something. Anyway, he says, and for now, a nation can breathe again. They piled on to him for that. Uh, well, but, well, well, and yet George was, Floyd's brother said the same thing. He said, you think it was can, right for the president to say this was a murder? Well, no, but it would have been, well, it would have been a lot worse if the jury was still deliberating. He didn't say it until after we heard that a verdict had been reached. No, I don't think he, I don't think he tainted the jury. I think he, but to, to amp it up to the most extreme charge, sort of as if it's an accepted fact, that's just sort of his style. Yeah, no, I don't uh, think it's appropriate at all uh, for, uh, uh, and it, 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 it's of a piece with the Charlottesville lie, of course, but anyway. Don't, don't say Charlottesville there. lie, even if it's a lie. It just makes people put you in this alt-right category True. of crazy I was just a people. Short, it was, oh, you're right. You're I right, know. I it's shorthand with your fellow believers. But no, it's, 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 just, it's, it's just shorthand because I didn't want to bore you by going. It, 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 it's, it, it's of a piece with him falsely charging that Trump said the n- Nazis and fascists marching in Charlottesville were very fine people when he explicitly excluded them. Uh. Yeah, he, he, yeah, that that's is, better. That is what is known on the right as the Charlottesville, Charlottesville line. Uh, that's better. Okay, uh, fi- thank final you. thing. Thank I you for s- helping me be nuanced, Bob. That's my job. Uh, 
I want to say one more thing related to this. Uh, don't, gi- don't give your life for nuance, though. That would be bad. Not worth it. I'm not sure I get that. I'll that was in you. very poor taste. Scratch that. Go ahead. Yeah, I... Uh, I, I was, I, I thought, I was trying to figure out what you're saying because I thought, um, surely he's not alluding to the George Floyd thing, but you were? No, no, I wasn't at all. No, you, 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 and, and I'll give you time to think up what you were alluding to before I ask you again. So, um, no, but on this, the, did you see, well, you were probably driving across the country, but you're aware that, I guess it was, was it this? Yeah, it was around the same. It was like the same day, right around the same time. This cop shot this girl, uh, killed this girl in Columbus, Ohio. They're fifteen year old or something. The stat, the one with 16. the knife. Yeah, I, I, you know, I saw a lot of that. Yeah, I heard a lot of it. Did you see the video? Did not see the video. I saw the still of the video with the knife glistening. No, I mean, what's what's kind of troubling to me? I, well, I, I had a I had a little bit of an epiphany. I mean, it always bothers me when uh you know for reasons of tribal affiliation people don't just say the obvious thing and the obvious thing here is uh this would seem to be a cop complying with the rules i mean i mean if you look at the video when they stop uh the the frame if i saw this correctly um it's like when he starts shooting and you know, she has a knife. She, the per, the woman she's attacking is kind of her back is against a car. She's kind of trapped, and the woman or, or the girl or whatever who died is plunging the knife toward her. I mean, it, it, and and apparently at that moment he shoots her. Now I can you know uh, I can ask all kinds of questions. I always say, could you just shoot once if you're just trying to stop someone, especially someone with a knife who's not going to turn around and shoot you. Um, and you and maybe they could should come up with different rules of engagement because for knives because you know it's it's actually pretty hard to kill someone with a knife still all that aside he was trying he may have actually saved the life of the girl who's being attacked right that's clearly what he was trying to do it's just like they they should of course go ahead and do the investigation which they do but i just don't see any way you know you you uh and yet like nobody on progressive Twitter virtually would say that. And, you know, you saw it. Did you see the LeBron James tweet? Yes, I, I, um, I actually, I'm in an exculpatory mood. I, I, I don't like LeBron James and it was, it was irresponsible, but he only called for accountability. He didn't call for trying the guy for murder. Oh yeah, absolutely. That is the absolute. He said, um, you're see, next. Do I have, what? He said, you're he- next. Yeah, but meaning was, this was after the conviction. And what he's saying is, look, that's the charitable reading. Some people took it, and I don't think he meant it this way, but some people uh, took it to me, we're coming after you now. But but what could it have meant other than you, like Chauvin, are now going to be put on trial? What could it, what could it have meant other than that? Could be you are going to be held accountable. And well, the in the way Chauvin re- was. If the accountability review determines that you were correct, you won't be put on trial. Now, uh, yeah, I'm sure I, that's what he had in as, mind. As somebody who, who, who I'm sure, irrespons- I'm sure he meant we're only going to go to the grand jury with this. As, as somebody who irresponsibly tweeted last night, I'm cutting LeBron James a break for irresponsibly well, tweeting. Well, he deserves credit also. for then deleting the tweet. And 
not apologizing, but saying, I would, didn't mean to single out this cop. I doubt he ever went and looked at the, the videotape. Yeah. Anyway, my, my epiphany was not that this is too deep, but, um, you know, Ben Shapiro was getting a ton of mileage out of saying, uh, out of tweeting about this saying, Hey, here's a story the liberal media didn't cover. Uh, a girl was actually killed in a knife fight. They didn't cover this story. What do they cover when a girl is trying to kill another girl with a knife and a cop shoots her? They cover that, um, and talk about the cop shooting her. And I realized like the problem with progressives just not, you know, coming out, uh, you know, elite influential progressives not coming out on Twitter and saying, Hey folks, it looks like this cop was trying to do his duty. And we're not going to wind up with an indictment or anything is that you leave the field open to the Ben Shapiro's on the right. It's because nobody is saying that on the left that it's because he's in effect arguing with the left that he can get mileage out of that in a billion retweets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. And, and Don Levin did say almost what you said. So did he? Give him credit. Yeah. God bless him. He, he he said, let's wait. Let's wait a minute. Let's look at the video. It looks like it's more complicated. Well, you know, that's he, something. He, I, I mean, he, it, but, he didn't go out and say it looks like the cop did the right thing. OK. But, but, he but basically the truth implied, is, don't don't try to fit this in your narrative so quickly. Look, he gets credit. That's good. But I would say looking at the video, it's actually not complicated. I mean, right. well, the, I, I'm sure the, rule, the rules of engagement say if your life or someone else's life is in danger, you shoot. That's what Here's he the one troubling complication, which is, I always thought, you know, you you, you come uh, you come in in the middle of a fight. It's like you come in in the middle of World War Two, and you said Churchill, Hitler, they're fighting. Why don't they stop fighting? You know, and and, and you don't know who's at fault, who started it, what what you know what happened before you showed up. So you think you treat them as equivalents. So he, cop comes in in the middle of of a fight. Right. He doesn't know what went on before. Now, admittedly, the girl st- stabbing the other girl who's holding a puppy. <laughs> it's like, was she? Prob- probably she's the aggressor, but you don't really know, right? No, so you he, don't. He doesn't but know you, the context. You work with what you have. And of course, you know, if you see a girl with a knife and a girl without a knife, uh, uh, you know, uh, your, your thought, if he stopped, if the cop stopped and thought this through, he'd think, well, you know, if you've got an argument with a girl who doesn't have a knife, you're supposed to, like, call the police or something, not pick up a knife and try to... I, I mean, look, you're right, right, though. He had incomplete information. And uh I'm just saying... Um he, And, and he, look, let me admit something. I mean, I didn't tweet what I'm saying somebody should have tweeted. And the reason is I'm, like, busy and I thought, do I have time to really be careful about the way I construct this tweet and then deal with the blowback? No, I don't. It takes... It takes... uh courage to do it and i didn't i didn't have enough or something well, they, but uh i i you know you could have just you could have just tweeted yikes um right? that always does the job that, that worked for you um the answer the, the the one saving grace though is if you do get it wrong you find out immediately and you get to the truth very quickly that's the great thing about twitter blowback you mean yes yeah but see i find it so painful that generally if i tweet something that i know is going to get a lot of blowback and I know why. I mean, if I know it's going to get a lot of what I consider illegitimate blowback, which is the only kind of expectation I would have, because if I thought it was going to get legitimate blowback, I wouldn't tweet it. Um, I just go away. I just tweet it, close Twitter for a while, <laughs> you know, and uh, and go go uh, hug my puppies. Uh, um, the um, 
and a lot of the mainstream press, like NPR and NBC, didn't mention the knife and just fitted right into the to the you know the series of cops shoot black people. Yeah, uh, or or they so or, or it, they might say uh, a girl with a knife was lunging at another girl. But I mean, it, it was just striking to me looking at the video. No, she is plunging the knife toward they, the abdomen they, of the other girl. They didn't even say they didn't even say that though. There was no knife in the first. The first mm. draft fit the narrative completely. Um, am I allowed to say narrative, or is that a shorthand phrase that only appeals to the right wing base? I think narrative probably started out as a left wing thing and is used on is still used on the left. It's just used okay. about the right. The right uses it about the left. Okay, so I can say narrative. Yeah, just not I, about I the just left. I can't say Charlottesville lie. Okay, can't say Charlottesville lie. You can say Charlottesville narrative. You can say the Charlottesville <laughs> narrative about what Trump said. Really? You can say that. Okay. God, you're loose. Okay. I'm getting getting soft in my old age. <laughs> um, the uh and but there are other killings. I mean it, it is it does I mean if the numbers of black men shot by white cops is as low as I think it is, it does seem like there's an awful cluster of them right around now. Maybe <laughs> I'm just the victim of the narrative. Well, there was, yeah, there was also the uh, Dante Wright thing not that much earlier in the uh, Minneapolis area, right? The one where the cop thought she was holding a taser, apparently. Uh, right. Yeah. I don't understand uh, that one at all. Well, you know, maybe they shouldn't make tasers so much like guns. I mean, maybe that you should just, like, push a button on the back of the handle of a taser instead of, like, pulling a trigger, and then there wouldn't be any danger of that. i got to think it doesn't happen often. Yeah, you would think there'd be a, a, a fix like that. You would also think a 20-year veteran wouldn't make that mistake, and they'd hold... Was she a 20-year veteran? Yeah, they'd they'd hold the taser yeah, in a different I, side I, of your I, body. I will and, say that I have never been in the kind of situations cops are in. And and uh, so I don't know. I might reach for my taser. I mean my gun and think it's my taser. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's a left-right thing, I agree. It's the reason this does, apparently does not happen much. Um, uh, so I think we've almost covered topic A. Are the lead, Thank let God. Me, let me, I yeah, hate topic A. Um, um, we have – the other topic A was obviously Afghanistan. Oh, let me just quickly – one more one more note on, on, on this topic A. Uh, tiny little press note of the kind I'm, I'm – Inclined to note, just about the New York Times and the Washington Post in their breaking big headline about this verdict, use the word rare to note that it was a rare conviction of a cop. Wall Street Journal did not, which confirms my belief that the Wall Street Journal's straight news coverage is more old, old fashioned. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's a fact. It's a fact that they're rare. It's just that. Uh, that, that's not like an opinion. It, it's just the kind of thing you would bring in to make a point. It, it reads to me like the Times reporters file their stories and then one of the editors goes through and sticks in propagandistic adjectives like rare in order to make hmm. it more appealing to their audience. Like there was a piece on on the, uh, Obama's decision to first keep the Trump cap on refugees and then raise it. And it was not such a great story, but it was a reasonable TikTok. But it had, uh, uh, it had it, before refugees in the, the second graph. It had desperate refugees, and 
And then later on, it talked about the refugees as the most vulnerable migrants. Well, who says they're the most vulnerable migrants? They're sitting in refugee camps being vetted by the United Nations. That's There are a lot of migrants that are more vulnerable than that. But some editor just sort of stupidly stuck that in, uh, or, or the reporter stupidly stuck that in. But somebody sticks it in at the New York Times, and it sure looks like, you know, like, like f- f- uh, there's an automotive analogy. Ford Motor Company, famous for having these crews that go through the final design, and they cheapen the interior to save money, supposedly in a way that nobody can notice. Of course, everybody notices. Uh, it's like the New York Times has a woke crew that goes through the final drafts and adds these stupid adjectives that that make it uh, less objective. Yeah, I'd be surprised if the Times was all that intrusive, except maybe with the, you know, uh, young, uh, non-famous reporters who who don't have the leverage to fight back or something. I I know. I once thought they did it with David Carr, and he told me incredibly graciously, no, that was just my stupid thing or something. He was just unbelievably gracious. Oh, I'm sure they kept their hands off him. He was such a valuable property. He was one of the last people who... Like I would see a piece by da- he died of course some years ago but he was uh, well he he uh, covered the beat that in effect I guess Ben Smith is kind of covering although in a different way um, but he was one of the those bylines and this is there have not been many like this where I would see that it's one of his columns and be like kind of excited to read it really yeah yeah great writer and he, and he was covering stuff I was interested in it was a beat I was interested in he had a very uh, he had a very good way of like energetically framing these things. He was he was good, but he was rarely going to say anything that the editors disapproved of. Well, that's I not think, the only kind of good I story. Think, I mean, but that's what <laughs> that, that that's true of things in general in the in the media realm. Even Ben Smith, sloppy as he is, uh, has said things that the editors would disapprove of. Even though in the one case you talked about, he did the editors' bidding. And even though he libeled me by saying I lived in a small apartment. I actually said that in the parrot room and I thought it was it was safe from his ears until oh, you I'm sorry. tweeted about it and name checked. Oh, okay, him, well so it's already out. Thus ending the chances that he would someday write a fawning column about my podcast or well, you would have to attack him again and again and say, you know, you know, I'll let up if you write something fawning about me. That's the yeah. only alternative now. That's the way I play the game. That's why you see so many fawning pieces. It works. If you actually play that game, it works. No, you have to have power. Sometimes. But I have learned, I have learned that it works. In, in <laughs> oh. cases where I've stumbled onto, uh, onto that strategy. Yeah. But it wouldn't oh. work with the Ben Smiths of the world. Yeah. Uh, but, so I think you're right about the journal versus the Times. Yeah, it's weird, because, because there is no editorial section I loathe more than the journals, but the repertorial well, stuff well, is pretty, pretty solid. There's a famous wall. Between them, although yeah. they did, yeah. Anyway, I it, it makes you wonder how much Dean Becquet is in charge because I doubt he approves of all this. The inmates are running the asylum, Mickey. Um, that's a that's a. Uh, oh wait, is that a similarity thing? between uh, the New York Times and the Biden administration, Bob? Uh, it, oh, that uh, reminds me. You'll be happy about this. There's a paper that came. I just saw this tweeted. In fact, it was. It's dated April 23rd. It's in some journal. 
and it's called Racial Equality Frames in Public Policy Support, Survey Experimental Evidence. The finding is that when it's by Micah English and Joshua L. Kala, K-A-L-L-A, the finding is that when it is a policy that is not, at least when it's not explicitly about race, uh, you know, like say it's about low-income housing, you know, and you frame it as about race, as these authors note, uh, that, um, you know, in, in, in the BLM era, Democrats are increasingly doing framing it about race. Well, certainly it, Biden is. Yeah. Their finding is, and apparently there's a lot of survey evidence of this now, uh, it makes it less popular. Like framing it in racial terms is a mistake. You should frame it. You're better off framing it in either, uh, class terms. Uh, let's see. To benchmark these effects, we compare race policy frame with race, with with class, with a class frame, with a race and class frame, and a new and neutral policy frames, we demonstrate that despite leftward shifts in public attitudes towards issues of racial equality, racial framing decreases support for race neutral progressive policies. Generally, the class frame most successfully increases support for progressive policies across racial and political subgroups. Is this what I have been saying, Mickey, or is it not what yes, I have been saying? Yes, that sounds important. Can you send me the link? I can, I think. Uh, anyway, the, 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 uh, the but uh, if, yeah. But of course, the, you know, to appeal to the BLM crowd, the Democrats cannot tr- phrase things in, in, in non-racial terms. The whole well, point of BLM is to, to the extent it's an extinct ideology, is to phrase it in racial terms. You don't want okay, to say, but- I will appoint the most qualified candidate and then appoint a black woman. You have to commit to appointing a black woman because they get special consideration. Well, so they think. Of course, appointments is a different kind well, that's of thing. That's what they do. Well, I know that. I know they do. Yeah. But but okay. uh, but I would note um, that last sentence of this abstract: uh, the class frame most successfully increases support for progressive policies across racial. And political subgroups. So, in other words, it sounds like I haven't read the whole paper. It sounds like even uh, among uh, minority ethnic groups, you're better off not framing it as being about uh, race. And you know, this this is relevant to the question of like, is is Biden right to think uh, that this has broad based appeal? You know, framing things this way uh, in terms of race has broad based appeal. Among uh, within uh, racial minorities, or is it just more about pleasing the the POC elites? Yeah, um, a, yeah, I, I agree. That's what. It, and it's also about is does Biden really believe in the crap he spouts, and or or are the inmates running the asylum, and he just says what he's expected to say? There was, you know, there was a, a very telling, and I don't know quite what what it's telling of uh, episode where he. It, you know, they they lobbied him to increase the Trump limits on refugees, and he's doing all these incredibly liberal progressive things on the border. He got rid of Remain in Mexico. He's not deporting anybody. Uh, he's letting in hundreds of thousands of people, uh, uh, and he's paying a political price for it. And somewhere inside him. There was the old anti-busing Joe Biden who said, no, no, this is killing me. I got to say something uh, seemingly triangulating or conservative. So we're not going to do this refugee limit thing. We're going to keep it the way it is. And it's like and 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 
he didn't realize that this didn't just piss off progressives, it pissed off the whole refugee industrial complex, the charities that depend on more refugees for their living, and and uh, they and uh, they they all gin up a huge storm and he caved in. But it's it's just why would he pick that one issue to to draw the line on unless it was just you know this deep within progressive Joe Biden there was the old Joe Biden and somehow it came out in this weird way. If you were going to make a concession to sanity on immigration, there are a dozen more important things than you could do aside from keeping the refugee limit there. The refugee limit is 15,000. If you raise it to 50,000, that would be like as many people as he's letting in the border in a couple of weeks. The numbers are just not huge. It's not a place where you, and and they are vetted. uh, So it's not like this is the place to draw the line. It's just very odd. But it implies that there is some sense in which his id is not in sync with what he's saying or what his administration is doing. Now, speaking of places to draw the line, Mickey... We've been taping for 57 minutes, and I want to assure you that this has nothing to do with the fact that you've gotten onto the subject, subject of immigration. But we could bring this conversation to a halt and move it to the parrot room. Uh, you want to hear about immigration in the parrot room, or you want to hear about it here? Are those my <laughs> only two options? Uh, I'm happy to talk about it in the parrot room. Uh, I know that's a big draw. That's a big draw for people, too. I think that's really the, the main revenue stream we have is that... Uh, fascinated by immigration revenue stream um, uh actually this there's one other thing mickey there is uh there is uh an ethnic lobby that i think has an unfortunate influence on american foreign policy can you guess what that lobby is dun, dun, the irish dun. what no the irish no you know what you're supposed to guess yeah, but the Irish do actually have an unfortunate influence. But what if the hey, you're, you're talking about my people? What? 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 On on uh, Northern Ireland, supposedly. Oh, so you're evoking that old anti-Irish trope about Irish people caring about Northern Ireland? I evoke all the tropes and the memes. Are you aware of the history of that trope and the discredited memes? And so the you're not going to do. You're not going to do a serious guess here. I mean, you're not even going to do the obvious serious guess. I, I'll, I, you could put me down for the obvious serious guess, and you're going to say, no, it's this other lobby. No, it's this other lobby. <laughs> what's, what's the other lobby? Now, if I were, you know, if I were really the P.T. Barnum of podcasts, I would say, we'll find out in the parrot room. But, you know, I'm not going to say that because I'm not that kind of... It could be the Ukrainians. They're pretty powerful. Bingo. Bingo. Okay. So in, in although, the latest... Although... Colonel, yeah. Colonel, Colonel Vidman is Jewish, so he's a twofer. I wasn't thinking about him in particular. In the in the non-zero newsletter that goes out, actually in two minutes, this is 4.58 p.m. East Coast time right now, in the Friday weekend blog issue of the newsletter, uh, we uh, recount a case where a, a, a perfectly qualified uh, candidate for a position, Matthew Rajansky, was being considered to be the Russia guy in the, in the National Security Council. Uh, the Ukraine lobby went... Uh, I mean, I'm... Is there a Ukraine lobby? Anyway, these U- U- Ukrainian... Huh. You yeah. didn't listen during the impeachment hearings? Of course there is. Okay. The Better you is, saying it than mine. I just want to... For, for all I know, the there's a trope. I don't want to... Uh, you know. The blob is the Ukraine lobby. The, what, what was the... Uh, 
the interagency committee. What was the thing that Vindman was so concerned with pleasing? The interagency uh, consensus, whatever it was. I don't know. Well, anyway, this is uh, the the Ukrainians who wrote the relevant letter and so on did not include Vindman. But um, anyway, we write, we do a kind of dissection about this, about how this guy was brought down. They leak his appointment. That you know, it's Axios does does the uh, does the bidding of the blob, and he's uh, history. And we go through the 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 indictment against him, and it's just bullshit. He's just like he's a reasonable, you know, he's a reasonable guy. Yeah, he's he's somewhat more realist than your average uh, member of the foreign policy establishment. But he's like head of the George Kennan Institute at the Wilson Center, which is this government thing, basically. I think it's. I think it's supported entirely by government grants. He's totally mainstream. And uh, anyway, you can see the the newsletter for... Uh, I didn't realize that Biden was that vulnerable to uh, people knocking off his appointees. Well, this is the point we make, is that this is not like it required Senate confirmation. It's not like Biden concedes this can't get through the Senate. All he had to do is say, you're appointed. Now, I'm not saying they had narrowed it down to him, but uh, once it was leaked... Once the controversy arose, it was leaked that he's under consideration. They apparently, according to Politico, dropped him like a hot potato. Uh, and, but, and, you know, this is serious. I mean, Ukraine is a flashpoint. You could We could wind up, uh, you know, uh, in, involved in hostilities there. Not impossible. Yeah. And, and the people who, who, who got him dumped uh, probably wouldn't mind uh, seeing American firepower brought to bear yeah. there if it came to that. Although the... Um the news today was that Russia had pulled back a bit, and it's not clear why they did that. Was there some secret uh, discussion with the U.S. or Europe or something? No, it was. You didn't hear Biden came out and said Putin's not a killer after all. Right. Uh, no, actually, that didn't uh, um, the um, um, the I, anyway, it was it it was pregnant. I I think this the the what I had heard was. Russia was just trying to make sure that Ukraine and America respected the de facto line of division between Eastern Ukraine and, you know, Eastern Ukraine is, I think, in effect, controlled by Russian proxies. I mean, I mean, they're, they are Eastern Ukrainians who, you know, who, who believe in the cause. But yeah. I mean, that, that Russia is doesn't want that line challenged, yeah. I think. And then there was this theory that was all about the Black Sea and... Turkey would be upset by that because you can't get to the Black Sea unless you go through the Straits there, and uh, they control the Straits. So maybe they have. Well, I'd to have say to look at it. a map. I mean, Russia's got Crimea. I don't know what else you'd want. A lot of a lot of beachfront property there. Um, that's where his palace is. Oh, is it? Is that the uh, one Navalny? Yeah, I think so. Ah, it's all yeah, falling. So there it's you all, go. It's all, all falling into place. Yes. That's uh, I guess you know annexation has a lot of justifications, and one is that you want a nice palace. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to move into the parrot room. Some things I may talk about. Uh, I I want to I, I want to talk about as long as we're talking about LeBron James. Want to revisit his uh, most famously bad piece of judgment. Although actually, his agent is to blame for this, but. You, you probably you may remember it, but uh, what the, uh, the the telethon on whether he's going to move to Miami? Yeah, 
worth revisiting. That for, was for those who don't follow this assiduously, he should have fired his agent. Um, the uh, I've been reading a World War uh, a couple of books about World War One. May want to talk about um, the. Uh, I could confess. I don't know. This is jury duty related. My jury duty related confession. We'll leave it at that. Also, I, I think we should start. I should start in the parrot room. Uh, I should start psychoanalyzing you. Great. You are happy for about fr- that? You're up for that? For free? Totally. I, I think oh, we could move it to a higher tier. Speaking of which, this is also the official unveiling of the $8 tier that includes subscription to the paid version of the Non-Zero Newsletter. We'll talk about that more. As long as there's nothing sexual. Um, well, that's for you to disclose or not disclose. That's what we're trying to – we're trying to get to the root of your psychopathologies. I'm going in with an open mind. It may be about sex. maybe about something else. It's about me. That's all I care about. It will be about you. I guarantee um, that. So, okay, I, um, so you're going to do that good. This is this is going to be good. While you concentrate on tawdry personal analysis, I can talk about immigration and child allowances, and also uh, the heart. The uh, our our my version of Infrastructure Week is planning to talk about Biden's decision whether to expand Medicare or to reinforce the Obamacare. Uh, provisions and so, uh, which, which should he do? Can I can I go back about thirty seconds? You're actually saying that people should consider you talking about immigration and child allowance, child care allowance, bonus content. Like you just can't get it on the free version of the podcast. You can't get enough of it, Bob. You want we give we give him a yard in the regular podcast, and we give him a yard more in the parrot room. Okay. That's my vision of the parrot room. Perhaps yours is different. Well, it's hard to say. And, you know, I'm not sure I'll be able to make the parrot room today, Mickey. I just realized I have a pressing appointment. <laughs> oh. i got to get a root canal. Um, root canals aren't that bad, I hear. Uh, mine was. I, we've been through this. The we woman have, okay. did I not you give the, me enough I thought Novocaine. you were the one who, who said it wasn't that bad. Well, they're You're not still... that bad if they give you enough Novocaine. Okay. Well, there you go. So um, on to the uh, on to the parrot room after the uh, after this. But first, a word from our parrot. Novocaine. Novocaine. Okay, here we go. Oh, I forgot to add that the way you get to the parrot room is through Patreon.com/slash Parrot Room. Okay, that's it. <laughs>